and it's the feeling that you have as a human being when you wake up as a result of growth which really defines who you're going to become in the future as opposed to a vegetable sat in front of a tv and yes you've had two hours of switch off time but you, you get up and you just feel laggy frustrated apathetic de-energized Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes Podcast. Hello, it's Harms here on another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. And I'm here with Dr. Rowe. And today we are talking about the question, how to find the time to do the things I really want to do. And <laughs> Dr. Rowe, this is a question that we had a little WhatsApp exchange and you wanted to tackle this question. So why this question in particular? I did. Uh, thanks for asking the question. Hello, everybody. And thanks again for tuning in. So in the world that I'm in, both on a personal level, sort of people around me in my, in my vicinity of the people that hang out in my field, but also going out into the world of speaking, coaching, uh, large groups, small groups. One of the things that happens when we get into periods of interaction, i.e. a coffee break, a tea break, end of a day, start of a day, lunch break. People often come up and they say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm so busy at the moment. Some of the stuff you've talked about, I'm really excited. I want to improve my health. I'd like to travel more with my kids. I really want to go do this program on property investing. I want to learn how to trade the stock market. I want to take some weekends out to go learn and to do personal development. I understand all that. I just I haven't got the time to do it. I mean, how do I find the time to do this? I'm just so busy. And that is a standard sentence. If you're listening to this right now, I can almost guarantee that in the last week or two weeks, something's come up where you wanted to do something else, but you just didn't have the time to do it. And I mean, and you're on line with me right now, Harminder, you're a, you classically fall into a millennial age group. Surely you hear this within your peer group as well. That is, and I think you've nailed it, where that's the standard line. I am too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. But <laughs> I am going to fire this one back. I mean, looking at the uh, older generation, they also have the sometimes a response where if they're having to do something out of the norm or out of something that's in their comfort zone or or something which is not as part of their daily habit, they can also come back with the line as, oh, I'm too busy to do that. Or I'm true, too busy true. to learn that. I'm too busy to go to the gym or whatever the scenario is. And we, we can dive into what's important, what's not important in this podcast. But I think it's it's not only the millennials, but it's, I think it's everybody has at some point in their life said, I'm too busy to do that when they really wanted to actually do that. I agree. I, I think, you know, if you drew the line at, say, 14, 15, 16 years of age, and you said, right, that's school. So at that stage there, they're kind of in a system. And we, that's a whole conversation for another podcast, the system and how it manipulates our time. But the minute somebody breaks away from that system in terms of they're not locked into a required curriculum or following of studies, unless you're doing homeschooling, now you go into the quote unquote real world. 18 to 25, 24, 22, you could argue, all right, you've got your university degree type period, but you've also got people that have left school but don't want to go into education so they're in the work environment so i think you've got categories of something like 18 to 22 23 then you've got the 23 year olds right through to probably mid 30s about that period where they're single no kids and out wanting to pursue and do certain things in life there's definitely an excuse in that age group so you're right it hits all age groups we've just covered your age group then you get to the 35 to 45 year olds this is where people are now settling down to have kids so then you've got another challenge which is related to starting a family then 
Then you get to 45 up to about 60, my age group, which is your work, well, 60, even, you could even argue 65, your working professionals who have got kids that have potentially grown up, but they're still busy because the pressure now upon them is not family or building or, or creating a family or managing a family. And it's not, I'm pursuing my career. I'm trying to get my credibility. I want to try and fit as much as I can into my life in your 25 to 35. We're now that 45 to 60 range where they're at a career level where they don't want to lose their jobs. There's a lot more pressure on them. They're managing people. And as a result of that, two families trying to support a certain lifestyle are, are still very busy. So the nature of the busyness has, has changed. Is this making sense? Has changed. It's not to say not one is not less valuable than the other. It's just the reasons that people are busier are changing through the period of their life. I agree, Ro. And I think that doesn't make sense. And here's an interesting thing, because you've gone through the ages, but isn't it fascinating that somebody at university is too busy to get a side job, but then when they <laughs> leave university, they've got a job, but yet they're too busy. They're too busy traveling, excited to start a family and have a relationship. But then when they are entering a relationship, they've still got the job, they've still got the partner, and they're too busy to have kids. But then they manage to have kids and find the time to raise their children. And everybody's busy to do something at some point in their life. But when things change, suddenly they have the time to manage it. And I think that's something we can hopefully help people discover as we go through this podcast. And you and it's to do with an element that you've already introduced. Okay, so here's the challenge, right? And I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. Because when you say they find the time and they manage it, here's the challenge. They do find the time, but I don't think they're managing it very well. Agree. Mean, meaning, and you and I have a passion about this subject, is sleep. So for example, they, where what gives is two primary things, three actually, physical health exercise, time spent eating and enjoying food, I physically enjoying it rather than just shoveling it down your throat. And thirdly, fuck it, I just I'll just sleep less time. I'll sleep less hours. I'll get five or six hours in instead of the proper seven or eight hours. So yes, they manage it, but I'm not sure it's managed in the right way. And of course, the stress levels get up, health issues kick in, and then they become ratty parents. And then of course, at the end of it, if they're still in a relationship, then hopefully they'll get a bit of time with their partner. But by then they're exhausted or they're forced in now in a career which they're not maybe not even happy with that career, and they're trying to survive because their lifestyle has got to a certain level to make maintain that lifestyle, they've got to work longer hours. It's a real challenge. And it, I think it's a, a modern day problem that, as you said, is global. It really is. It is global. And there's some fascinating statistics, which we won't share at the moment, because I wanted to understand how, and those statistics are do, to do with the wasting time. But what I wanted to start with is how do you want to structure today's podcast so the mm, listeners can okay. get the best out of it? Well, okay. What I'd like to do is approach this as a coach. So I, I want people to listen to this and treat this like I'm coach. If I was sat opposite you and you're paying me by the hour, I would coach you through a, a whole series of questions, but stages. And I can tackle maybe three of those whilst we're on the podcast, if that's all right, Harminda, and do it do it as though I'm asking the question and then provoke a conversation between you and I. Maybe we get some feedback from the listeners as they go through the program. Okay, that sounds like a great way to structure the podcast. So in that case, where would you like to start? So let's go back to the question, which was, how do I how do I manage my time? How do I do the things I really want to do? And I'm going to ask a simple question. And if you're listening to this, I think it's important you write this question down is what is it that you truly want to do with your time? Meaning it's all right to have a conversation to say, oh, you know, it's OK, I'm too busy. I really want to do things, but I can't because I haven't got the time. Well, that's such a generalized statement. So what we need to do from a coaching perspective, I would be asking you, OK, that's fine. But what do you actually want to do? And if you said to me, be clearer, another way to look at this is what has the most meaning to you in your life? What has the most value to you in terms of your time? So for example, somebody might say to me, a parent might say to me, I just want to spend more time relaxing with my kids and giving them the time because I'm spending more time at work. When I come back from work, I, I'm still following up from work activities and I've got to get ready for the next day. I just don't have the time. So the question then is, do you value spending time with your kids have a lot of meaning? And if the answer is yes, the next question is, is that the most important thing that you want to spend your time on this week? And it might be the in a shakedown of a conversation, backwards and forwards, we get down to two or three things that have more meaning to you more than anything else. And the flip side to that, I'm in, the question I would ask as well is, why are you getting frustrated? So what is what's, what truly means more to you? What, what do you want to spend your time doing? And if people say, I'm not sure, I then say, okay, so why are you feeling frustrated? And then the person says, I'm just really pissed off, I'm really frustrated because I just want to spend more time with my kids. Okay, so there's your answer. You've just got your answer by expressing your frustration. I'm really frustrated because I actually want to go and study learning to play the guitar. And I've been wanting to do it for the last four or five years. I just never got around to doing it. And all this other stuff comes up. That's why I'm frustrated because I just want to learn the instrument. Okay, so that's truly what you want to spend your time on. So if you if you can't answer the question from an aspirational perspective, we go to the pain. And pain is often the biggest thing that pushes us towards what we really want to do. Is, is that making sense? 
That makes total sense, Ro. I'll just add to the point there, which is because you mentioned about, so for example, just relaxing with kids and as, yeah. as a typical example that parents want to do. I think it's a really good time for me to sort of introduce my point, which is not to confuse the idea of relaxing yeah. with time wasting. There's two different categories here, uh, right. which I wanted to introduce to the listeners. One is the idea of relaxing and the other is time wasting. And there's some statistics which we'll talk about later in the podcast. I'll introduce a few now, which is relaxing. You can consider relaxing, for example, spending quality time with the children. Relaxing is doing a yoga class, walking, going to the gym, writing, reading, dancing, painting, meditation. There's a whole list of stuff that you can consider when relaxing. And a nice way to summarize it, I guess, is something which creates a meditative feeling. And I think in the past podcast, we spoke about something you did many years ago, which is rock climbing. And yes, when you're out there rock climbing, it's a type of relaxation, but you're doing as a, it's almost a productive way to relax. So you're not sitting there like a vegetable wasting time and wasting time is the second category. And the reason I raised this so early in the podcast is I don't want people to confuse what we talk about when we say things like relaxing versus time wasting. So things that- Can I just jump in on that? So, So I think as you're listening to this you have to remember that these are our beliefs so as Harmin is talking and this is the first time I've heard him mention this in the conversation remember before these podcasts we will pick a subject and we will broadly sort of bounce around thoughts but we don't go into specifics because that way it keeps the podcast natural there's nothing prepared there's nothing written down with a script or sentence structures or anything like that we just have key points we want to cover so this is the first time he's elaborating which I'm hearing and I just want to say to anybody listening this is mine and Harminda's belief about relaxation now one other person could argue well surely sitting down for the TV watching a great movie is a way to relax and one could argue actually yes because I know for me sometimes if I come from an intense experience like running a seminar I just want to switch off in front of a film I don't watch terrestrial TV I'm watching a movie and it allows me to disengage it gives my body a chance to come down but I can't do that for more than a few hours without me then needing to get some nature around me go for some fresh air and go for a walk so these are our beliefs about what relaxation is that's the terminology that we're using for the purpose of the podcast absolutely well and there's a few other ways to categorize it as well so I'll finish off on the other side which is time wasting the idea of time wasting and what i just want to explain that i'm not saying that you should not do any of this as you just mentioned one of the ways that you relax is to watch a movie so i'm not saying don't do any of this what i'm saying is understand how much time and this is what we'll go into is how much time you're actually spending on these items and are they actually going to be getting you closer to the meaning and making you feel less frustrated so some of the things that you can typically consider as time wasting is television which is now involved into streaming platforms such as Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, and there's going to be a whole load more coming into the industry. You can look at things like social media. And this was probably a bit controversial, but an overconsumption of music. I've sort of observed teenagers, people in their 20s and 30s, and they can literally listen to music for three or four hours on the go, constantly in the headphones. I just listen to music over and over again. Other ways to waste time is socializing and video games. I mean, video games is a massive industry. So now a multi, multi million pound, billion dollar industry, which is growing, expanding, and it even has its own streaming service called Twitch, if you're if you're curious. But those are considered things like time wasting. And again, like Rose said, it's not about category. This is simply a category, but it's not saying don't do any of this. It's saying let's now start understanding how much time we're actually spending on these right. things. And, and it's a form of escapism yeah. where, where people lose themselves in games for hours and then they switch that off and go and watch a movie for another two or three hours. What you've done is you've escaped into a world that's not real. It's been created by somebody for you so your imagination gets lost your connection with other people gets lost the sense of presence with another human being gets lost Uh, you're not in nature you are literally wired to an electronic gadget which in itself is creating emfs electromagnetic fields which in itself reacts with your body at a cellular level and it's been proven to have a negative effect on the body makes you feel uh, almost laggy woolly lack of clarity in the way you think so the whole conversation which could be run on a different podcast just about that alone so we're, we're talking about disconnecting from that electronic digital confusing and almost created for you world so that you take back control that's what we're ultimately talking about here i think that's a great point where which you've mentioned it which is to do with that it's created for you it's almost like a simulation which you plug into and again just to say i'll say it one more time what we're saying is 
We're not saying switch it off completely, but we're saying now let's work on and figure out how much time we're actually spending in these places. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to the frustrated, just to wrap up that first part of the coaching question it is, you know, why are you feeling frustrated? And sometimes it's just a sense of because I really want to do this and I know I want, it's not I should do it. There's a difference between should and want to. So when somebody says I really should learn to play the guitar, that isn't a desire out of drive to want to do it. It's because it's almost a sense of obligation or a guilt that you feel you need to grow in that area or I really should spend time with my kids. If it's coming from a place of should, and again, another conversation for another time for another coaching process, but that's quite a scary thing. To be driven by a sense of I should do something is an obligation as opposed to I've got absolute desire. I truly want to spend time with my family or I truly want to learn to play the guitar because I love the idea of picking up the instrument, feeling it, going out, walking in nature and playing guitar somewhere or traveling with it. So understand the difference between I should do this versus I truly want to do this. And that's what I'm talking about, meaning. It has to have meaning in your life. How does it add color to your life? Has it, how does it add vibrancy? How does it make you wake up tomorrow feeling a better human being tomorrow than you did today because you learned a new instrument or you learned a new language or you went out and socialized with people instead of looking on Facebook. And it's the feeling that you have as a human being when you wake up as a result of growth, which really defines who you're going to become in the future, as opposed to a vegetable sat in front of a TV. And yes, you've had two hours of switch off time, but you, you get up and you just feel laggy, frustrated, apathetic, de-energized. By the way, I'm not having a rant. <laughs> I just sort of felt it coming on. Um, I think it's. I think essentially as well what you're saying is if, as let's just choose guitar as an example, if the goal is to learn how to play the guitar as part of your time spent in a 24-hour window, it should be practicing to play the guitar. Right. So you, clo- you get closer to reaching the goal of being really competent playing it and you can then play in front of your friends or take it traveling, as you said, versus I really want to play the guitar, but what I'm going to do instead is spend time on social media or spend time watching, binge watching TV shows on Netflix. So yeah. it, that's where the frustration will come because at the end, of, at the next day, you'll, you'll want to have got close to playing the guitar, but you haven't. And then times that by a week, times that by a month, then exactly. six months goes by and then a year goes by, you go, go to review your year or you do your annual goals and you're like, damn, I really want to play the guitar. Where the hell did the time went? Oh, I must have been really busy. This is a great point. And, you know, if, if you've read Outliers and you understand the concept of 10,000 hours, then 10,000 hours takes you to a level of excellence. I mean, it is the ultimate pinnacle of any field you want to specialize in. But even a thousand hours on a guitar, imagine just a thousand hours. And you might think, well, that's a lot of hours. Well, maybe not by the time we end this call, but a thousand <laughs> hours, a thousand hours playing guitar. Oh, my gosh, the level would be amazing. You're stood at a doorway in your life. On the right hand side, there's a group of people, five of them sat around, all on phones, all in a circle on a set of rocks by a lake, all on their phones, just on Facebook, surrounded by an oak tree, some flowers, a a wild grass meadow and a lake. On the left hand side, you've got five people sat around a fireplace, an oak tree, wild meadow, flowers and a lake. And you're in the middle playing guitar. They're all listening to you. You're singing and they're totally engaged. You can choose one of those paths. It's as simple as that. That's literally what we're creating here. A chance to change your destiny just by learning one thing. It doesn't have to be guitar, but it's the philosophy. Just think about that scene in the future because it's ultimately what you're creating. Uh, and that's a powerful scene, Ro. So, right, Ro, we've covered the fact that <laughs> what is you, what is it that you want to do? We've ticked that box. But what if they know they want to do that? Okay, so I have another question. Can I ask the next question? Yeah, go for it. So the follow-up question to that is, what's stopping you? Because, of course, now we know what's what they're frustrated about, and I want to go learn this, I want to do this, I want to travel, I want to spend more time, I want to go rock climb, I want to learn to do skydiving, I want to learn to fly a plane, whatever it is, whatever that experience is. I want to go, I want to go eat in fine dining restaurants, whatever it is. Next question, simple, four words. What is stopping you? That sentence with a question mark at the end turned into a question is a very, very powerful question. Because if asked enough times in a row, people cut through all the bullshit, all the fluff, and you get to the truth of it. What's stopping you? Well, you don't understand I'm busy in my job. Okay, so outside of your job, what else is stopping you? Because when you leave work at five o'clock, six o'clock, there's still time in the evening. What's stopping you? Well, okay, so outside of work, yeah, I am working, but then I've other stuff I need to do. What else do you need to do? Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's Coronation Street, there's EastEnders, and there's, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, spend three hours in front of the TV, four hours, whatever it is. Or it's, I've got to do this, I've got to clean the house, or my boss has asked me to do overtime, or, or I've got to help my friends. My friend's got this project, and I promised him I'd help him do that. And then I've got another friend of mine who's, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to re- rebuild an old car, so I said I'd go and help him with that. There'll always be other stuff. So we get the whole list of what's stopping you onto one piece of paper and that's the next question we haven't got there yet to the third question i just need to capture on paper what is stopping you 
and we just don't go for one answer. We keep peeling the onion. What else? What else is stopping you? Okay, apart from that, what else is stopping you? Apart from that, what else is stopping you? Apart from that, what, and you'll get to a point where they go, that's it. Okay, we've got seven things here. So you started with one thing, but there's actually seven. And then we move to the next question, which we can come to in a minute. But I just want to make sure that you're understanding the process. And does it make sense to you listening to me doing it with you whilst we're on this call, Harminder? Yes, that makes total sense. And you threw in a time there. So I just want to, and I actually yeah. want to verify this time because you said, you know, you spend three hours watching TV, you spend three hours on social media or something like that. And in preparation for, when you asked the question, in preparation, I gathered some statistics okay. from some surveys and some reports. So as an example, you're pretty much bang on because for an age group of 16 to 20, so that age group there, which is just sort of left with now being 30, they are spending three hours a day on social media alone. That's 16 to 24. 16 to 24. Right, okay. And they're spending that on social media alone. And I don't want to leave your generation alone. They are also on the hook for this because between the ages of 45 and 54, they're still spending an hour to an hour and 40 minutes a day on social media. And this also includes, uh, th this is separate to the fact that people are also streaming on television. This is just social media alone. Okay, so let's come to streaming for a minute. So I've just got my phone next to me. So that is three hours a day. So it's 1,095 hours a year. One hour 40, call it one hour 45. That's three, 1.75 hours is 638 hours hours a year so the concept of becoming you know t the 10,000 hours if you become excellent at something i you're the high the peak of your career or skill level musician whatever is is the classic 10,000 hours that we heard quoted over 10 years of just giving up tv you could achieve that excellence but even in a year harminder 1095 hours call it a thousand hours playing a guitar you and i could be in a band man by then <laughs> we could be seriously though, musicians that's a lot of hours isn't it and that's just one of the elements. And even for somebody in my age group, that's 640 hours approximately per year. If I divide that by 24 hours. So for a youngster between 16 and 24, that's 45 days per year. And that's nonstop days. I wake up in the morning, go to bed, go wake up for 45 days in a row. They would be online. And for somebody my age, it's approximately 26 days per year. Just nonstop. That's 26, 24 hour days per year on social media. That didn't even exist when I was 16 to 24. It didn't even exist. We didn't have any of that. Barely had TV. This is on top of the idea of television and streaming. So this is that separate. And that's also what somebody does in their own personal time. Never mind the statistics that are out there on the time wasted at work, oh checking God checking emails. So example, right, I, I pulled up a study and what I'll do, all these studies that I pull these statistics from, I'll put them on the show notes at growthtribes.com forward slash show notes. If you could. So, yes. So, so the listeners at home can actually go and see that these are not just one study, but I pulled it from a multiple range of studies and they all vary slightly in the sort of the minutes, but they're done for the US, they're done in Europe and things like that. So at work, this is incredible. So people at work spend 3.9 hours on YouTube videos and checking social media at work. And then they've also checking three and a half hours. This is in a week. They've calculated this over a week period. It's, three point hour hours a, a week, yeah? Yes, there we go. So Not I've per just day. So 3.9 hours is per week or per day? So that's per week. And then they've per also week. got 3.4 hours checking emails. And these are low value tasks at work. Oh my gosh. And then on top of that, We've got the interruptions which come. And I don't know how they've calculated this, but they worked it out as 3.2 hours on interruptions. Then they've also got the hours spent in meetings, wasteful meetings. So what they, they class as one hour's worth of wasteful meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just imagine all of these hours stacked up at work, which is now taking away from your own personal life. So this equates to roughly how they, they've calculated it as roughly 30% of the work week, which is completely spent as wasted, non-productive time, which the employee can get back. So the employee can reclaim those 30% and spend that in their own time now learning to master a skill, learning to do that thing that they always wanted to do, linking back to the original question. Yeah, I think, you know, as I'm looking, because this is the first time I'm really seeing all this on paper, I've just sort of written it down whilst you're speaking. And, and all I see on this piece of paper is overwhelm. I mean, it just, just jumping out as a word. I'm looking at a human being that is spending four hours a week just looking at YouTube videos and social media whilst they're at work. Add, that, add to that three and a half hours of emails and then, you know, interruptions from other people around them. Add to that a thousand hours a year 
45 days, I mean, you know, break it down into months, I guess, and of actual time spent just on social media. And then what, what about time watching movies? Have you got any stats on that? Okay, so I haven't got any stats on watching movies, but I have you know, um, some sort t- of digital media so online t- sort of programs. The, the, the time spent as an example on Netflix. Okay, yeah. So this is a, a statistics from Streaming Observer, and they've looked at Netflix alone, which adds to 18 days worth of streaming over the course of a year. So people are spending 18 days. Imagine watching Netflix for 18 days in a row without sleep. That's how much time people are spending just it's, streaming on Netflix. What is that daily? Uh, how many per day? Is uh, How many minutes per day? I can probably do a calculation. It's actually very similar to the social media statistics. So what they're, they're 70, spending 71 minutes yes, okay. a day. Oh, wow. So that on top of the three hours on social media. And that's just Netflix. So, I mean, you've that's got the other ones. You've, you've got Amazon Prime as another example. Plus, you've got terrestrial TV for the ones that watch terrestrial TV. Yeah, wow. you've got the iPlayers, you've got the ITV, BBC iPlayers. So you've got all of that available. And, and what the power that brings to the whole media is, it's instant. I mean, you can watch it on the train coming home. You can watch it as you're phone. commuting. Phone, your iDevice, your tablet, your iPad, whatever it is, you can watch it whilst you're cooking. Whatever the scenario is, it just means you're constantly plugged in. Right. Or you could be this. listening to something like this, which helps you grow, helps you develop a podcast, which is about personal development as opposed to personal destruction. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so one of the things that can fall into a in, into the relaxing category is listening to an educational podcast, is trying to grow as a human, reading a positive book, reading a book on which will help develop you in your career. So, reading something which will, which will help your skill set. It's two categories and the way I've seen it defined out there and the way I like to I like to def- refer to it as deep work or shallow work okay. I've also heard to it referred to as a, f- a famous speaker a guy called Jim Rohn classed it as major or minor thing so you can either be doing a major thing or a minor thing okay and so my, my language just so you know yep. to myself is and we have this conversation at home sometimes is high level low level high level low level and that's, that links to high value versus low value or right. no value so there is even category yep. of no value whatsoever yeah uh, and that that equates to interruption so you know we'll have a conversation at home is, is this a high level or low level conversation do we need to have this conversation right now is it serving us or is it just a conversation for the sake of noise and that can happen if something happens around us or somebody pisses us off or we find ourselves drawn into a conversation about another person because you hear parents often talk about this I mean I was at a school talk the other evening and I was really fascinated because they gave the parents the option to choose subjects that they felt was a topical subject or a subject that was meaningful that there was 50 parents could break into groups I haven't told you this Harmonic we could break into groups and during the evening it's called open space you could you, you stood up in front of the audience and said right I've got a subject to like talk about um, I'll be over there and there's a sign and they come to your sign and they discuss it. So here's some examples of some of the conversations that were coming up. This uh, is fascinating. I've not heard this. <laughs> so, so questions like, should we have a school principal at the school? Because the school where my children go is, is has, has a flat structure. So that was a meaningful discuss. Another one was, should I be concerned about my salary? It was to do with my wage as a teacher. So that was another one. Another one was to do with security gates, I think it was on the site. Another one was to do with caring and keeping the classrooms clean. I chose one which was, how can we help our children improve their communication, both with their parents and with the teachers to create a more meaningful experience and then there was other questions about it was just things it was really interesting there was some there were some fairly meaningful ones nobody came to my talk no way (laughs) yep so out of 50 parents not a single parent apart from one who happened to wander over to the section i was at he says what is it you're talking about and i said well it was not even it's not even a talk it's a open discussion so it was done into two halves one half was as parents uh, so the first half of the evening you went to choose and I went to one where it was about how to create a caring environment for the kids. I thought that was really good. So I went and I said, yeah, I really love the idea of creating a caring environment for the kids. And the, and the lady went, oh, and what I meant was, how can we care for the environment? How can we clean the, the how can we clean the rooms? And I was like, uh, well, well, I thought you meant a caring. She said, well, no, I just think that they could be made to look prettier and maybe look a little bit neater. And I said, okay. And the other, another father came along and said, oh, I thought you meant caring for the kids. I thought that was what this open discussion was about. So even the way it was articulated, it's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just, it shows you how people misinterpret them meaning of something. So but my point is, I think a lot of people have stuff they just want to talk about. And the, the level of that is different. So there, I thought mine was quite a, a meaningful value debate is how can we help our children communicate more effectively? Because most kids are having meltdowns. And the one father that happened to come over, discover what my title was afterwards and goes, what's your, what's your thoughts? And when I started to share with him about the consequences of kids and their inability to communicate with their parents, and then they go off and get into groups of people that distract them, and then they get into drugs and stuff like that. He was like, fuck, this is the most important 
important conversation for the whole evening. I said, well, I thought so, but, you know, so I sat there for an hour and concept of open forum is if nobody joins your meeting, don't take offense, just carry on as if you're having your own internal discussion. So I created a whole model of how I think we can help children, which is going to go into my next book. So, but what my point is, the average person spends too much time on low level things. They're focusing on stuff that's at the surface, stuff that's just bothering them. And I I just walked around and thought, why are they having these discussions? It's just what it was. They just wanted to vent off. Every human being has, they want to vent off, but you've got to decide, is this venting off a high level, high value conversation, or is it just going to waste an hour or two of my time? And at the end of that conversation, it is meaningless. It hasn't moved me forward at all. And that's where we come to the third part of the question, which we'll come to in a minute is, you know, are you feeling that you're obligated to go and have these conversations? I mean, how how I'm truthfully, right? When you were in your job, I know you're not, you're self-employed and entrepreneurial, but did you ever find yourself caught in a situation in the work environment where you knew you were busy and somebody threw a question or a conversation or a topic at you, or you caught it at the back end of a lunch break. And before you knew it, you spent 20 minutes, 30 minutes drawn into that and afterwards thought, what the fuck was I doing there? Did um, that ever happened? It's, to be honest, honestly, yes. And um, they are typically, I mean, a phrase which comes to mind is like a water cooler conversation or yeah, yeah, yeah. a coffee conversation. Yeah, coffee conversation. And it's really frustrating because once you're sucked into the conversation, you're sucked into it. But then the hour and a half goes by and that is the hour and a half that you've just completely wasted. And it's all about, you know, what's happening in the news, what's happening in politics, what's happening in sports. Sports. And don't get me wrong, there's a time and place for things like that for when you are intentionally going to socialize. But when you have a busy work day and somebody grabs your attention like that and sucks you in, because sometimes you don't want to be doing the, the work you're doing. And that's when it becomes even more challenging. You don't want to be doing the task you're doing at work. So you think, oh, let me just join this group conversation here. Talk about something of low value. Next minute, you know, you've still got to get your work done and you're going home an hour and a half later. So these low value conversations have a practical knock on effect as well as just simply wasting your time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, can I on that subject, can I just can I bring in the third question? Really, this is this is the last question I wanted to add into the into the discussion. Can I do that now? Is there anything else you wanted to add before you move on to that one? Just wanted to summarize what we've just spoke about here okay. with okay. listeners, which is what we're now doing is we're evolving into the categories of high value versus low value or no value tasks, which Roe refers to as high level or low level, also referred to as major or minor, or there's a philosophy of deep work and shallow work, which I'll yep. refer to at the end as one of my action points, which I'll leave you guys with which will hopefully help get you to a point to start looking at your time. So Ro, after summarising that, I think is a great time now to move on to the final point or the next point. Okay, so what I think, and I've added this in as you're speaking, I've just made a note. So on the back of question number two, which is what's stopping you, leading into the third question, the third point, I want everybody listening to this to imagine you stood at a watershed in, you know, on, on the top of a mountain where it goes left or right, or a watershed is where you stand and, and, and you get a dividing point, or you stood at a wide junction on the path and you've got to go left or right. All you need to simply ask yourself this question is, is what's stopping me high level or low level? Is it high value or low value? Whatever phraseology that you've related to in which Harminder's just mentioned there and myself, you have to ask that question. I think that is a really important task. Over the next week, if you can make that a bit of a project so that every time you come across a point where you go, ah, I want to go this way, but in truth, I'm being drawn over to this way. Is the thing that's drawing you away from where you want to be, is it going to be a high level, meaning is it going to add value to your life? Is it going to add, is it going to be enough of a contribution to the world, to the person you possibly being distracted by or to yourself? Or is it low level, meaning it's not going to make any difference to your own personal life? It's going to add any value to you. It's not something that is any meaning to you. It's got, it literally is a thing that will have no meaning in a week's time or two weeks time. Because that will define what happens next. Does that make sense, Harminder? It's, it's, it's almost like a self-coaching question. It's level, a self-coaching question. It's almost like catching yourself in the moment. Right, yes. Uh, catching yourself in the moment. But we do appreciate that it's a habit that's going to change. So it's not going to be easy because naturally, as people, we want to take the path of least resistance. So don't get me wrong. It's a lot easier to sit there and watch a movie. It's so much easier to just sit there, enjoy the movie. Well, there's gonna... a classic example. So let's picture the scene, right? You're about to sit down with Jeannie or wife and yeah. you're going to watch... Uh, 
let's say a, a romantic comedy which looks all right on Netflix it's got a rating of about three and a half a few people have said they liked it and it's got a well-known actor in it and you could sit down and do that or the two of you could go out for a walk for the next hour and a half which I know where you're living at the moment is something you've done more of in the last two or three months and possibly while you're out talk about one of the holidays you're planning for next year but that can take you about an hour and a half to go out and do the walk and come back which one of those genuinely hand and heart feels like a high level which one feels like a low level oh hand and heart the walk and then talking about a future holiday that is that's but, the but, high but level explain one. why because somebody else might not relate to that why for you based on your value system because it's an important question coaching wise and in me asking you the question you can help your listener is why on your value system does that even feel remotely different it's a massive difference for you but why is it even remotely different for you mm. a great question so the first thing to do is I've come through a process where I actually understand what my values are. So one of my values is, is health. So health being the value, what am I going to gain a more vital or feeling of a healthier lifestyle by either sitting down watching a t- television show or movie or going for a walk in nature? So that one's a clear tick in the box. Okay, but when you say one of my values, and I'm being specific because people listening might not get this, when Haminda says that, he just doesn't mean one of 50 values. I'm guessing that's in your top five, is it? Is that what you meant? It's in the top five. And one of the things I do focus on and I think values can be a conversation for a separate podcast for sure. But I typically try to keep it down to about three, maximum five values, which I try to make my decisions. The decisions I live by are in alignment with those values. And when I'm doing stuff like going for the walk versus the movie, the going for the walk actually aligns with my value, which is health and yeah. also love and connection. So love and connection is one of my values, but mainly love and connection with my wife, my partner. So when we, so I'm ticking two boxes there in one hour and a half walk. Okay. And also, I know you to be somebody that likes variety, which is a big value for you. So if I'm correct, then in having the conversation with Gina, going out into nature and talking about traveling, you're now adding the excitement of variety in the whole experience. Absolutely. And we're now positioning something we're looking forward to. And that knowing us, that's always going to mean, okay, so for us to go to that holiday, we've got to do this, this and this, and it gets us really fired up. Okay. So that stimulates you to maybe generate some more revenue in the business, whatever, for more profit. Absolutely. Okay. That's good. And and for anyone listening... I think, can we do a separate podcast on the basics of sorting out and cl- well, we call it eliciting your value of hierarchy of needs? We can go through a process on one of the podcasts where we actually at least go through how to start that. I think that's massively important, though, because up to about four and a half years ago, genuinely, hand and heart, I did not even know there was a value hierarchy or there was a way to. Yeah. I thought as a person, when I was feeling frustrated and I felt down, I didn't realize that it's because I actually just wasn't doing things which got me closer to my goals or closer to my values. And that was a big part of my frustration. So when I was watching movies, going back to the example, when I watched a movie, yes, I felt great doing it. But afterwards, in the next day, I just didn't feel great. I just felt had a high and then I came out and I felt low. Whereas after a walk, talking about a holiday and talking about what you need to do and excitement around that with your wife and your partner, that leaves you home and you feel invigorated. You feel excited. You feel like you've actually achieved something. And that is because it's in alignment with my values. So I think we definitely... Definitely, definitely have to do a okay. podcast on values and, and aligning values. And on that, for the person, you know, those of you listening today, there's another reason behind all of that is the fact that watching a movie, someone else is providing that sense of satisfaction for the watcher. Whereas Harminder going out and going for a walk, he's in control of that with his wife. That means he can drop everything anytime and go and do the same thing. Each time he has that experience, he immediately creates that sense of satisfaction. So he's in control. But if you're constantly being fed with a drug, alcohol, movies, whatever it is to constantly feed that part of you, you're never actually in control of it. And that's why there's that weird sensation afterwards it's like a fix i need to watch another one i need to get another high because i can't create my highs for myself you can but you probably just don't aren't aware of it which is why people go and enter binge watching so uh, typically if you take a, a television series or a, a netflix series there's maybe six episodes in season one it's very common you'll find people have watched six episodes of season one over a weekend yeah. or you watch three <laughs> episodes back to back and then suddenly in an evening where you wanted to going back to the original example where you wanted to learn how to play the guitar you said actually what I'll do I'll just watch one Netflix show then the show finishes you have a low and you need another high so you go and watch episode number two next thing you know you're three hours in and you haven't even touched the guitar and that's the hook and this yeah further down the line for the listeners there's there's some some of the programs that I developed over time include managing your time and understanding the difference between where you put your time in in detail but also learning to elicit values and and make sure that you're living by a set of values that you've truly worked through and developed Um, and that's 
something that we can certainly start to touch on if that's all right with you, Harmindra, on, on the podcasts. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, if, if it gives people useful tools, I think that's fantastic because that's, what, again, one of the visions of the podcast, which is to give people one or two tools they can take away from each episode, which will make a positive impact in their life. Absolutely. And I think managing somebody's time is massively important. Is there anything you can share with us on that straight away? And then maybe I can share some tools that I use to manage my week. Well, okay, so that kind of comes to the third part of the the process I want to take us through before we get to giving people some actions to do. So having established what is stopping you the next thing to do is and and it's important to write this down is start to learn to say no and that is a really tough one because the average person when they're faced with all of these distractions and people pulling them from left right and center or interruptions as you just said there from the working environment one of the stats you just gave us is FOMO it's fear of missing out or it's fear or FOMO fear of saying no uh, and, and actually the fear of saying no can create a lot of pain for people I have to say yes because I don't want to upset my friend I don't want to create a dis- dissatisfaction in my relationship with them I might they might not want to come to me next time they might want to go to somebody else they might not invite me to the next social gathering I might not get invited out for a beer tomorrow night because they're all going because they all said yes to something else previously and that's really this whole thing about cliques is really quite powerful people get drawn into that so I think I think that's the third question I've got for you is what are you prepared to say no to knowing that it's not high level? Because once you've identified, is it high or low level? If it's a low level activity, a low level distraction, a low level request, this is not degrading that person or whoever is approaching you. It's just for your person. You've got to think about your cup in filling up your cup. If you're constantly emptying it out of time and energy for everybody else, how are you ever going to fill your cup up? So probably three things to be aware of. Fear of missing out. Be aware of that because if you're living from a place of fear, as I said already, as opposed to desire, that's very low level. Next one is fear of not pleasing people. So fear of missing out is one thing. Another one is fear of upsetting other people or fear of not pleasing them. And I think I fall into that. I know in the past I've seen you do the same thing, Harminder, because of your nature is like wanting to go beyond and help people. But there's a point where it goes from I like to help people to I can't say no to people. There's a very big difference. One thing is contributing to somebody else's well-being. Maybe they're in financial or emotional difficulties and you need to support them. But if that same person keeps drawing from you on a regular basis, they're basically operating in a victim mode. It might be that they're just taking advantage of your good nature. So understanding the difference between saying no because you need to look after yourself versus um, I don't want to feel like I'm upsetting people. So fear of not pleasing people. Another one is learning to understand. So one of the, the causes for people to say, know is they just want to constantly be busy. I I just have to keep getting things done. So what happens is you start to work through your list and then you add to the list and you keep adding to the list and you keep adding to the list. So if you said no and made your list shorter, how would that make you feel? A lot of people, they just almost their identity, their significance is tied to, but you don't understand. I've got this massive list of things I've got to work through. And that becomes their flag that they wave around constantly to their wife, to their kids, to their husband, or whatever the relationship is. I'm really busy because look at the list of things I've got to do. And there's apps now that lists everything out. You can, you know, there's, it's just everywhere you go, there's something to do. You will never, ever, I've written this down actually as a point to myself. I don't make many notes, but one of the things I wrote down was you'll never, ever, ever finish your to-do list because it is endless. <laughs> so you have to learn to differentiate what's important, what's meaningful, what's low level, what can you let go, what's not going to change your life in 10 years versus what is going to make an impact in 10 years. So that's an important, and that sounds a bit confusing the way I'm tackling it, but effectively what I'm saying is drop it into two categories, high level, low level, low level, start to say no. Does that help clarify? That does help clarify well. And I still go through that struggle, those sort of challenges with managing my time and especially saying no. And so if you're listening at home, it's going to be a constant, especially when you're first growing your business, especially when you're, say, you're in a startup phase or you've just got promoted. So this is typically when these will really, really start to surface. So if you just got promotion or you just got started a business or you're just started to consult for a company or something like that, the feeling you'll have is you want to say yes, they'll come at you with something else because you're providing them a solution, problem solver, you're a fixer. And because you provide so much value and you're reliable, they will come back to you again. And I have faced this myself. They will come back to you and they'll say, okay, can you do this? Think about yourself in your career. You get paid the same as other people in your sort of career and your job in the same job title. But why do people keep coming back to you to keep doing more and more? And what you what happens is you say to them, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And then what happens is you get extremely stretched, overwhelmed, which is a word that's been used in this podcast so far. And it's challenging. So we do appreciate it. it's going to be a reality, but especially happens at the start. So a question I've got, Ro, is if somebody is starting a new business or whether they're 
just got promotion, naturally the intention is going to be to want to say yes. But the problem with saying yes in the early stages is that it becomes a permanent habit and then they become a pleaser or they become the go-to person. And the challenge with that is exactly what you've discussed in introducing this topic about saying no instead of saying yes all the time. So how does somebody deal with that in the early stages? Are you talking about in this situation saying yes or no to the business or or being or yes or no to a career offer alongside their aspiration on the side, which might be building a business? So just to clarify, what I'm saying is if they have just got the promotion or as an example, they've just landed a new consulting client or they are in a startup phase and there is a list of high value tasks and low value tasks. But what happens in the early stages is people do get bombarded with lots of more requests. Can you do this for us? Can you do this for me? And the challenge that they face is because they're so early, they have to say yes. So how do they deal with that in the early stages? Because I appreciate that a lot of listeners listen to us maybe in the early stages of what they're creating or in a stage of they've just got a brand new job and they are backed into a corner sometimes where they have to say yes. And it's almost quite difficult for them to say no. What's a strategy for them in the early days? Right. So I I sort of look at it as though I'm on a path and and if I've been given a task, like same thing when I was in my job because you're newbie and everyone great. There are lots of enthusiasm. So I I always look at the priority first. What's the most, it goes back to the first question, what's the thing I truly want to do? Now we can apply it into the work environment as well. So as an example, I've got a project I've been given by my boss and I need to get that finished. That's one of the first things I need to, that's, that's my primary focus. So I'll say into my head, right, everything else comes secondary to that. But how much time do I need to actually achieve that? So if the new project requires me to spend two thirds of my time in a week, I've got approximately a third of my time available for other, to resource to other things. So then if I get five other things that come at me outside of the main two thirds big project, I will then categorize those into high level, low level. So it's a filtering system. Highest level is the new project. I want to please my boss because that's partly what I agreed to come in on the contract for whatever it is I'm coming into that, you know, that company for. I've got two thirds of my time available for other projects. Those are the things, high level, low level. High level, it's possibly linked to the other project or it might be part of my career path. So I'm saying, okay, of these five people that have approached me, which ones are going to help me the best in terms of my career path and building relationships and which ones are almost just tasks that truthfully anyone else could do. It's not necessarily at the level at which I operate in the company. So I've, because I had a PhD when I started my real full-time career, I had to distinguish between, and it's not about ego, what's my skill set suited to? And is this particular element necessary? And I'd literally say to them, I'd be very honest, and this is very important for anyone listening tonight is, or to this recording is actually say to yourself, okay, is there someone else that can do this? And if there is, explain to the person coming to you, say, look, I've got most of my time is currently focused on these two major areas here, and I need to finish those. I think there's other people better suited to do this. And at the moment, I'm not able to do it. If you do want it done by me, it's most likely they'll be able to do it in about three weeks time. I do feel, however, there's probably somebody else better equipped or better experienced or in a better position to tackle this right now. And just be frank and honest, because the minute you say yes, they will automatically assume that you're going to say yes to that type of task again. You've just lowered your bar. Is that making any sense? That makes great sense. And I think the the big takeaway there, if somebody's listening at home is have the strength just to be honest and frank, but say in a respectful way, just as Rose almost scripted it there for you can actually pull yes. that script yeah, yeah, you could out actually. of the podcast you could. and use that as a script because you've processed it internally and it either doesn't align with your values or it doesn't work for you or you don't have the time resource available. So if you just answer an honest and open way like that, then 99% of the time, I'm sure they would actually respect you for that and say, actually, okay, fair enough, because you've also provided them with a solution. You said, you know, maybe go to this person exactly. or somebody else and somebody else in the environment is actually better suited to that. So I love that. I think that's a nice practical um, solution for that situation. If, and if somebody's scripting it out, the way to round it off is to say, I think this deserves full attention from somebody to get the best result you're looking for. If I pick this up alongside everything else I'm doing, it won't get my full attention. And I'm not sure you're going to get the result you're looking for. It could get done, but I think this deserves a bit more attention and I can't give that to you. It would be unfair to me to say yes and not deliver it for you. And that is a very honest answer. And straight away, boom, you've, and they'll they'll respect you more for that level of honesty so that when they come to you next time, they'll be more careful about what they bring to you. And it likely, and I found this very early on, is that when I started using it, and I, I developed this by me at the time going to seminars and learning personal development, reading books. There was books about how to create more meaning in what you're doing. And I realized, okay, so when I approach people, they would then come back to me and say, last time I came to you with something, and, and I appreciate it wasn't necessarily appropriate for you, but I've got this task for you, which I think is more aligned with what you can do. And it was much higher level. Okay, now that's more interesting. That actually is going to add more value for both for me and the company as well. It's a filtering system. That's a great script to use. So if you're listening at home, just pull that script out and just try it. Try it. The next time you want to say no to something and you have a feeling that you want to say no to it, try that script. Whether you email it, whether you say it on the mobile phone or face to face, just give that a go and you can always feed back to us how that went. I think, yes, yeah, that's, that's a great tool. 
and a great script to use. So that's on the point of saying no. And not only does this apply to a person to person way, a task related thing, I think, and I truly believe it also means saying no to yourself when approaching a low value task, like watching a Netflix show. Maybe, maybe you're now moving from episode number one to episode number two, and you've just got to find a way to say, no, this is a low value task. So if we, if we use yeah. an example that Rose said, okay, you've got a choice arms, you either watch a Netflix movie or, and we're using Netflix as an example, but it can be any sort of streaming service. You're watching that, that movie there, or you can go for a walk, talk about the holiday next year with your wife over on this side. I have to make a decision at that point and say no to the movie yes to the war. So yeah. it does not just apply to person to person relationship. It also applies to the activity you're going to do. And it could be in the next five seconds. You've got a short window to say no in. Yeah. And actually a classic example of this is I, as you know, I don't have terrestrial TV, but I do have access to Netflix and I tend to watch either a really classic movie, something that really empowers me, feels me, feels uplifted, or I'll watch occasionally a documentary or documentary series. So one that I was quite fascinated by, because I always try to understand the whole history behind Vietnam was Ken Burns type documentary that's run about eight, I think eight or nine of, in the series so what I, after the first one it really hooked me and all I simply said to myself is okay what I'll do is during the course of the week when I've done X, Y and Z and achieved these goals or done these things I'll reward myself with some time out because it actually does, it, it was information as well and it was quite you know, for me it was like reaffirming some of the, my understanding of how that particular war evolved so it was factual as opposed to a consuming movie or whatever but I didn't just consume it all in one hit I made a choice to watch it on the back of doing something more meaningful so it allowed me to then have my time where I just listened to something else and be disengaged from everything else I'd done but it was on the back of having done something that felt more rewarding to me as opposed to rewarding myself with another film or another documentary and keep doing that that's that didn't really that doesn't fit for me that level of reward actually feels feels quite weird after a while because it's just a numb feeling you've been sat there for five hours it's like well I haven't done anything to earn this absolutely and then I think when you look back at the week row you can say to yourself okay I did say as an example 10 hours of things that align to my values and get me close to my goals versus maybe two hours watching the documentary that's a good weighted balance versus watching 10 hours worth of documentaries yeah. and then only having time to do maybe three or four hours worth of productive tasks yes. that, will, that will make you feel pretty shit at the end of the week which I think is the challenge when you look at these statistics that people are spending so much time doing the low value tasks that they believe linking back to the original question that they don't have the time to do what they really want to do when it's not truly the case no and it goes back to busy being busy so it, you don't attach your identity to the fact that you're somebody who's very busy this goes back to the never-ending to-do list if you can attach the sense of meaning and purpose to who you are which comes back to values beliefs and your sense of purpose as opposed to who i am is a busy person getting lots of stuff down the reason you're feeling frustrated and pissed off is because those things actually make no difference to your life at all they're there and if they do they're they're simple small tasks that actually even somebody else could have done for you and this is the thing about you know, I've had this discussion with people about getting a cleaner in to clean the house. And they go, you don't understand, I need to clean the house. But have you got the affordability to play a cleaner? We have, but we just feel we should do it ourselves. Why? Well, is it, is it right to bring a cleaner in? And then I explained to them, well, hold on a minute. There are people out there that may be studying at university, but need to clean to get some additional money to s support their life while they study to get their degree to, to go on to get a job. I know a couple of single mums that right now want to do cleaning jobs because they don't involve a lot of intellectual demand on them, but the revenue they can generate is easy to get. It's easily managed because they can manage their time. And that money's going nowhere apart from to pay for their kids' education. So if you don't provide them with that job, they may not be able to support their kids in the way they want to support them. So don't think of it as, well, maybe doesn't somebody doesn't want to clean my house. It's actually a role that somebody's chosen to do at that point for whatever reason. So there's a meaning even behind the job that you're giving to somebody. That's powerful, though. And I think you've actually opened up another topic, which is, I think it actually leads into sort of managing your week. Exactly. Managing the tasks that you do in the week, because the low value tasks, that is sort of in terms of the benefit in the greatest community is the low value tasks, a lot of them can be outsourced. A lot of them can be positioned as jobs for other people who need those jobs at that specific time to benefit their life. Right. Um, without degrading the fact we're not it's not low value oh this is beneath me someone else can do it it's low value in respect to your time right now yes so you know given the choice between sitting down and writing a chapter in my book or recording a podcast to you which i know is going to add value to thousands and thousands of lives versus spending two hours washing up in the kitchen and cleaning up the clothes both are important but one is aligned with my highest value of contributing to give to the great to the good of the world if i go do the cleaning job in the house what if i've just taken away two hours of paying somebody man or woman or whoever it is you know 
an elderly younger person to come in who wants to do that because they need that two hours worth of pay to possibly finish off paying off a loan or all that month's payment towards their child's education. So everything has a different value. It just depends on where you are at the stage of your life, which is where we started the whole conversation at the start of this podcast, which is it all depends on what stage of your life you're at right now. Absolutely, Ro. And I mean, the, the meaning is endless and you have to work on this certain situation. The person you could be paying, for example, one of the benefits to podcast listeners is we also do a transcription. So I can't physically, I don't physically have the time to shoot this right. and then go through the entire transcription, which you'll find on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Whereas there could be somebody out there who puts that money that they get paid to edit the transcription that goes on the blog and that money may go towards their guitar lessons so they can go learn how to play guitar. Just keeping it on the subject of what it's, we spoke about in this great. podcast. That's so, that is so true. And that, I mean, I mean, we're talking about the world and gender, that's how things grow and then they grow and it's they're flow. doing something that they love. It's flow. It's flow, uh, flow, 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 flow. That's what it is. The flow of time, the flow of intention, the flow of true alignment with your values. Everything works in harmony when you're in alignment with all of those things. It's not about taking any, nothing is ever taken away from another human being because all energy transfers from one form to another. All intention transfers from one form to another. It's a deep, if you want to go deep, it's a very spiritual connection with all of this. Ro, that's an amazing message. Let's close on the podcast about managing your week. Let's give them some actions on how they can, the listeners at home can actually manage yes. their week and start gaining control of their time. And I've got a few action points for them, but I'm sure you've got some yeah, powerful okay. ones to kick off with. All right, so... three key questions. I think if you write this down and make this a focus for the next week or two, I, th- I think it will definitely make a difference to what you're in terms of uh, answering the original question, which is saying no to things, managing your time, doing things you want to do. So question number one is what this week, just for this week ahead, don't think about the next year, the next month, this week ahead, what is one experience or one thing that you want to experience or one thing that you want to complete or one thing that you want to start or one thing that you want to experience with another person or other people that you truly want to experience in this next week ahead? It doesn't have to be more monumental. It doesn't have to be life-changing. It doesn't have to be climbing a mountain, but it needs to be something that has meaning to you, that you know that you've put off or should have started or should have finished or should have picked up the phone and had a connection with somebody and set up a get-together, whatever it is, this week. That's the first thing. Second thing is how long will that thing require of your time? How long will it take? Is it an hour? Is it two hours? Is it something to sit down and is it a dream board, for example, and creating images of the future that you want in the future? Is it to get online and register for your first online guitar lesson or is it to have your first guitar lesson, going back to what we've said, that whatever it is, work out how long it's going to take this week, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's 10 hours, whether it's one hour, whatever the time is, this week only. And then this can become a week on week exercise. Third thing and the final thing is what can you say no to? What can you pull back from? What can you replace this week? In other words, what are you doing this week that's low level that has, for the sake of argument, let's say the thing that you want to do is two hours. Over the next week, where can you recover two hours from a low level activity that in the past you've done that hasn't served you? Everything from brainlessly watching a a soap opera TV to possibly going out and doing something for a friend which you don't have to do and it's not a massively high level thing but you're doing it because it's kind of a thing that you've done in the past and actually takes up a certain amount of time per week replace the thing that you truly want to do with a thing that's low level and that has taken up the time in the past and make it a habit for the next month and I think you'll find that you'll have a completely different sense of value at the end of that and it'd be great to hear back from everybody just by doing that one exercise that's a really cool exercise row and to be fair great way to start the exercise is if you just literally got a piece of paper, put a line down the middle and had two titles, which is high value things I do in a week, low value things I do in a week. And just for fun, just that curiosity before you start removing one and replacing one is just list out everything you do in a week. And I have to do this quite often because occasionally something of low value creeps in and I'm like, oh, I just felt extra busy this week or I I felt extra overwhelmed. So one of the things I I have to do bi-weekly or monthly basis is list out everything I'm doing. And it's even down to washing the clothes you know, uh, going to the supermarket and list them all out. And then you can now start identifying what you want to remove. And some of the things may surprise you. They may really, really surprise you. And and I know this goes to a higher level. I've gone through Dr. Rose's time management series and this can really go to a high level. But I think a great starting point is exactly what Ro left you with there. Fantastic. And just to finish off, I've got one because I just want to add to your one. But one thing I think is pretty cool and it's helped me quite a lot to shift the habit of being very busy, doing a lot lots and lots of things which are of low value that sometimes have to be done. So one of the things I did, which you may find useful in your life is in a day, physically block out one hour day and preferably at the start of the day is block out one hour day and switch off the distractions. So if you're in the workplace, you may want to actually move yourself to a different location. And to really make this powerful, you need to 
turn your phone onto airplane mode. You may have to close down your email inbox, close down any sort of notifications that you may get on your laptop if that's the type of work you do, and just set a timer for one hour and see how much of a powerful experience that is in terms of getting an amazing piece of work done. And it doesn't have to be work, it can also be that activity you wanted to do. So if you wanted to read a book, block out an hour's worth of time with no distractions and read that book. If it's to do the guitar, block out an hour, no distractions, keep the buzzing, the, the alerts that happen on your mobile phone away from you. Put the mobile phone in a different room if you have to and just spend that hour, whether it's with your kids, whether it's playing the guitar, whether it's cooking in pure peace and quiet, whatever it is that has meaning to you that you really wanted to do, just block out one hour a day and just, just work on that and see how that comes. And after the hour, the time will go off and then you can go back to the phone, go back to your day-to-day -day living and see how that works for you. So you've got two activities there. You've got the activity that Dr. Rowe gave you and you've got one for myself, which is blocking an hour a day and making it completely distraction-free to build in time to your schedule for that thing that you really want to do. So that's two things. That's, that's, that's two powerful things that they can take away, the listeners at home, Rowe. I think that'll keep them busy enough at this stage. <laughs> There's a lot of process. I mean, the challenge is when we go into this, we go so deep and, and sometimes it can create a, a real level of consciousness and people go away and process that. So don't take anything away from the podcast itself in terms of the confusion because I would go back over it if there's any, any areas that you weren't clear on. But if you simplify it, then just simplify it down to what we just talked about, which is separating high level, low level, deciding what you want to replace with something more higher level and then what Harmon has just gone through there as well and, and it's raising that awareness. That's a great starting point. Absolutely, Ro. And just to summarise, I mean, the, the stuff we've covered in this podcast has been fantastic. How to identify your high value versus low value tasks. Ultimately, it's up to you which one has more meaning and value to you. Ro, you've covered what is it that people truly want to do, not what they should want to do. Yeah. And identifying what is stopping them from doing that. We've covered the ability to say no instead of yes. You've left them with a script. And ultimately, what we've ended in this week, which is helping the listeners manage their week so they have the time to do the things they really want to do. So I think it's been a fantastic podcast. And thanks for raising this question. No, I've really enjoyed it. And, and I think what's nice about this is the two different perspectives of really integrated well today. We've looked at the whole range of ages as well. So it's, it's, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. And some of the some of the fascinating statistics. So again, we will leave all of that stuff on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast with the coaching notes and the actionable activities. Till the next time, that's myself and Dr. Rowe signing out. it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future. You can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast. Podcast.